Hey, this is Nicole Aspenson. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcast with my very dear friend, Stacy O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Nicole Aspenson. Nicole is making finances fun. Her compassionate and genuine warm-hearted nature is what her clients love most about her. Nicole is passionate about educating her clients to achieve financial success from business owners to business executives, from young families to successful singles. She enjoys creating plans to help clients reach their financial goals. Nicole is a sought after speaker, financial strategist, and an expert at connecting people and gathering resources for her clients. As an executive vice president with Five Rings Financial, and founder of Anchor Financial, Nicole works diligently to support her clients. With an accounting and training background, her clients feel at ease as they are gently guided throughout the learning process to anchor their financial future. Whether you want to take control of your finances or are interested in a career helping others achieve their financial dreams, contact Nicole to anchor your finances. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation today with Nicole. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or maybe you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability to help with success strategies, to take you, your business, and your income to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Nicole, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So, you know, I've known you for, well, quite a while. <laughs> Since 2012, I think. <laughs> yes, it's, I mean, we're going on, on a decade. And, you know, I, you're so multifaceted that I really want our listeners to really understand the depth of your experience as well as your journey. So, so let's start with how you became an entrepreneur. Gosh, I guess that goes back to childhood. <laughs> and I didn't know it was an entrepreneur because we weren't told that we had those options and choices. Yep. Yep. But, you know, I'm going to age myself a little bit here. I made pet rocks. I made my own pet rocks and went around the neighborhood and sold them and to family and friends. Uh, my father lived on a golf course, so golf balls would come over the fence and we would sell those golf balls to other golfers behind them when they came over. And my dad had a printing business, so he would hire my brother and I to do collating. So I guess it's the beginning of managing a team as we would gather our friends together to help us with the workload, <laughs> get done faster. And then the next day we had money to you know, go to McDonald's or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. So I didn't know that was entrepreneurship. We didn't know uh, it was an option in school. So we were told, go to school, go figure out a career, go to work. So I started working in the corporate world in a corporate retail salon was my first job, grew very quickly into management there. My uh, son's father knew he wanted to be a business owner. So that was kind of the push into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. 
I went to school for accounting so that we could run this this business <laughs> and mm-hmm. kind of just fell into more and more entrepreneurship and different businesses from there. You know, it's funny, one of the resounding themes that I find with almost every guest expert that I have on this show is it all started when they were a kid. You know, you know, for me, it was the, the, the traditional lemonade stand, but then I took it to the next level. I would make money from the lemonade stand, you know, and that's where kind of people would have to come to me. And if, if people weren't driving on the street or coming to me, I would pay my friends to go out and knock on doors and market the lemonade stand so people would come to me and then I'd give them a cut of it. <laughs> you hired a team early on too. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and I remember emphatically when I was little, my dad building a lemonade stand. I mean, like hardcore built me a wooden lemonade stand, kind of like the one you see in Peanuts. Um, so he built me a lemonade stand and then build me and all the profits from the lemonade stand. And I said, profits, all the profits from the lemonade stand. I had to pay that bill and I had to buy all the ingredients to make the lemonade. So then at, when I did become profitable, I would go to the store and buy those, uh, at the time they were those nickel bubble gums. Mm -hmm. And I would buy like a whole bag of them, take them to school, and then I'd sell them for 25 cents, supply and demand, right? Everybody at school <laughs> wanted gum, right? <laughs> and I kept doing this and kept doing this. Then it had to become an underground thing because it wasn't allowed in school after right. they found out what I was doing. The capitalism at its best, I just took it underground. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so so it, it's funny because, because I have found that, that so many start young. So then, so then you, you went to school, you got your degree in accounting, and then you became a bookkeeper. And I, and I think this is when I first met you, you were, you were doing books and breaking into your financial career. So, so what made you go from doing the books of the family business to becoming a bookkeeper? Uh, just wanting to expand and, and build my own business. Mm-hmm. As my son got a little bit older, it was easier to have more time and to, to be able to build that. I just enjoyed helping other business owners. I would be the specialist to come in and do training. So the $12 an hour person that's doing the filing and day-to-day entries, I would teach them how to properly use QuickBooks. Mm. And then I would come in at the end of the month and do the higher level accounting, the you know closing, the reconciliations. It gave the business owner a second set of eyes on the person cutting their checks and a different accountability. And then some businesses I did do their full charge their full bookkeeping. So a a blend of training and educating, I think is what I really loved. It wasn't just sitting in front of a computer crunching numbers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so you made a really big switch going from bookkeeping to, to financial services and, and selling life insurance, because traditionally most bookkeepers you know, I'll, I'll lovingly say that, that, that they belong to the witness, the, the, the entrepreneurial <laughs> witness protection program, because, because they, they, they start, they stay behind a computer, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. However, when, when you migrate over to financial services, you have to be out there. You have to be people centric. Yes. So that's a big shift. So, yes. so what made that shift for you? It was a huge shift in starting to find myself again. So I'd done that previously. I was um, in management. I managed my own store. I was a district manager before other stores. I would do, you know, trainings and education for groups in the salons. Mm -hmm. But um, like I said, kind of that training and doing more of that education, not just sitting behind the computer doing the books, I think was helpful. However, through... uh, a lot of years of survival mode and a toxic marriage. I, you know, I drunk a lot. When you first met me, I could barely stand up and say three sentences, my name and what I do without nearly being in tears. Mm-hmm. So I decided if I'm going to build my business and I'm going to get into making this a success, I'm going to have to get over it. And instead of, I'm not going to dive in the deep end, I'm going to go jump in the damn ocean. (laughs) (laughs) 
we need to go jump in the ocean, get over it and just do it, just push through and having the, the space, the safe space in Team Referral Network and you helping me build a chapter that my first experience there was jumping in as a president and building a chapter and I didn't know very many people. So just getting out and networking, mm -hmm. that really helped the comfort level grow. And then I started my own Wine Women of Wealth with the support of a mentor. She would do half of the workshop for me when I hit that wall and was just, I couldn't stand up and speak anymore for the first few months. Right. And just doing it over and over, the more we practice, the better we become. Absolutely. So, so, so you've pointed out several things there. I want to grab the first one you pointed out. You, you brought up, you know, losing yourself, being in a toxic relationship, and then going through that journey of self-identification and self-realization and, and self-development and self-growth. How does, how does someone who has, who has fallen so far down, pick themselves back up? to find their worthiness, find the trust in themselves, to step out and, and create their success, own their success, their, their success and be empowered. And I ask because obviously the, the pandemic has, has knocked people down, mm -hmm. right? And, and metaphorically speaking, the, the results for them can be very similar. Mm -hmm. right because it, we can lose ourselves in a lot of different ways Absolutely. so so can you share the journey of picking yourself up brushing mm -hmm. yourself off and refinding yourself yeah it's really about finding a community a tribe some support system i was fortunate to find mentors and leaders that just held space for me just loved on me, let me show up every week for trainings and didn't push or make any expectations, just slowly mm -hmm. guided me. And just getting back into personal development, reading, podcasts, being surrounded by a community at least once a week in trainings where it's not training about product, but training about networking, training about how to go invite to workshops, how to build a successful business and letting me just slowly grow into that at my own space. Mm -hmm. I guess meeting me where I was. So find a mentor, find a community that will meet you where you are now and uplift and support and love you. Nice, nice. And then, and then from there, uh, from there, how did you pull yourself out? Because absolutely, mentors, coaches, all of that can, can, can be there for us to lean on. They can be there for, to, to pull us through things, push us through things, uh, walk with us you know, side by side so that we can lean on them. And still, something has to happen within you. Yes. I, you know, leaning on the mentors meant when I had somebody that wanted to work with me, I put them in front of my mentor and I just sat back and watched. Mm. I zipped my lips. Yep. I watched, watched what they were doing, learned, and just that repetition over and over. I would take notes, write things down, ask questions later. And, you know, six months or so in, those words and that, that confidence that I had borrowed, I started building up in myself when somebody started asking me questions and the answers just fell out of my mouth. I was like, oh my gosh, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, getting some really big checks along the way helps yes. a lot. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So then, so then let, let's talk about the seventh, the, the second thing you brought up and that was networking. You know, mm -hmm. the one thing that, that I know about you is is your ability to, to make relationships, find relationships, connect relationships, and add value to relationships. You have become quite the networker. How has networking contributed to the, the growth of your business? And how did you navigate the networking waters? Slowly. <laughs> to go to the end of that question first, slowly. Um, just, just watching 
learning, getting that education from others that are experts in networking, like yourself, you were a huge piece of that for me. Team was a huge piece of that for sure. Just seeing that the, the value that you can bring by giving connections, by, by connecting people when you see them out or you have clients that ask questions and you've got connections and answers for them just feels really good and so it's that kind of that good feeling you get for helping others Mm -hmm. helps to grow that confidence and push you forward to to learn more (laughs) and just have fun you know when you start um business any business you get told you've got your warm market make your lists well I didn't have a list I didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. and I decided that means I get to go make a whole bunch of new friends and that's how I viewed networking was just looking to build relationships and friendships first. Nice. What was it about your journey in the financial career that, that shifted you to make you want to take that leap and, and really start shifting your, your focus and, and your career for that matter? I, um, you know, had so many years of rolling change just to buy groceries, going to the store with a calculator and a list and going home in tears. And I watched my mom lose half of her 401k in 2008, Mm. two years before she had planned to retire. Mm. And it's like, well, I haven't saved. We have nothing. I'm not signing up for that plan. So I guess I'll just work every day for the rest of my life. So a lot of us think, right? We're never, ever going to retire. And then I found... Five Rings Financial and the money one, the wine woman wealth was awesome for connecting and money mindset. Like you have to first grow your money mindset before you're ready to take control of money. But going to money 101 really gave me hope mm. that I can grow my money, never lose it due to the market. And I have 30 more years to grow a business and help other people do the same. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was like the the moment that shifted for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that the way people understand retirement plans and 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 wealth preparation is so misunderstood. And your knowledge of this arena, which is which was absolutely amazing, which is why I worked with you personally. Um, when, when you really lay out what people don't realize, it really opens their eyes. So can you give that Reader's Digest condensed synopsis of, I'll call it the, 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 the false facade we've been taught all our life. Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation. A lot of the industry likes to talk over people's heads in language they don't understand to confuse them and say, well, I'll just take care of it for you. Right. The lack of education that perpetuates is just mind blowing to me. What people don't realize that you have to protect your money, protect it not only from taxes, but protect like your health. What if something happens to your health? We have a cash reserves we help people build up in case of a major illness. So that, that is huge. <laughs> Uh, 68% of home foreclosures are due to a critical illness. And those people had health insurance, but they didn't have a foundation. Too many people jump into accumulation, into the sexy, exciting side without building a solid foundation first. And it surprised me how many people don't understand compound interest, how it really works. And the biggest thing is the habit, just starting a habit. You know, if you can't do five dollars a day do one dollar a day mm-hmm. you know just the habit of putting money away over a period of time makes it really fun to see that it's there that it's accumulating and it makes you want to do more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one thing that that really fascinated me there, there were multiple things that, that that fascinated me as you were educating me about about finances and future was uh how the wealthy approach financial freedom Mm-hmm. So, so in a nutshell, is, it, is that something that, that you can possibly nutshell for someone? Sure. Yeah. People think that the wealthy have so much better access to investment tools. They really don't. They spend more time and more money 
saving money on taxes. Because if you save 10% more, not paying Uncle Sam, you have 10% more to save and invest. So we take those same principles and I hate help people to apply those principles at a smaller level without thinking, you know, people think it takes a lot of money to make money. Well, it doesn't, it takes some money to make money and building that habit and starting something on a smaller scale is really where I specialize, hmm. getting people going. Awesome. So, so you, you deal a lot with small business owners. You deal a lot with entrepreneurs. Why, why do you think they struggle so much? Oh, trying to do too much, trying to wear too many hats. Oh, I like that. So get help. <laughs> There's a, a zone of genius. You, know, you do what you are special specialty. You do what you are amazing at. Mm-hmm. You do what you love what you are passionate about helping people with mm-hmm. and hire out the rest let somebody else do your bookkeeping let somebody else do phone calls and emails and put that time aside and think about how much you are losing by not doing your zone of genius yeah i always say do what you do best and hire the best to do the rest i love that because because reality is if I ever attempted to sit down and do my own books, my, you know, I, I pay a bookkeeper $100 an hour to do my books, right? It mm-hmm. probably takes her two, maybe three hours a month. And I have seven businesses, right? <laughs> and those businesses, I don't know, probably have five or six different credit cards attached to them because Let's face it, I can pay cash for everything, but if I can get miles using a credit card, why not? <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that's a lot of accounts she's working with. Mm-hmm. And it takes her two to three hours a month. So it's a $300 investment for me. Mm-hmm. If I was to do that, <laughs> it'd probably take me 15, 20 hours a month. If that, and if it's even categorized right, and... <laughs> And, you know, I bill out at anywhere from 1500 to 2500 an hour. Mm-hmm. So I have lost so much of a finite resource Absolutely. And, and it prevents me from doing what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Then you're, you, people get frustrated, overwhelmed because they're doing things they should not be doing. And at what expense? that you just pointed out, whatever your billing rate is, whatever you make an hour, however your income is calculated, you are costing yourself a lot of money by not outsourcing. Yeah, and that comes from an accountant. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) I love what you said about the credit cards too. That's how our house operates. I don't want debit cards out in the world, my bank being compromised. More importantly, I want those points. Yeah. So we put everything on credit cards and then I pay it off at least once a month. If not, sometimes I'll go in there a couple of times a month and just pay it down. Yeah. Yeah. We do it once a week. So I, um, I put everything on uh, my, my, my credit cards for my airlines and my Mm -hmm. credit cards for my hotel. And I mean, I can pretty much travel the world three times first class and be okay. Nice. And I don't, I, we, we don't pay a bill without a credit card. And then right. every week we go in and pay it off. And it, it does, it, 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 it protects our, our personal accounts, Yes. Um, you know, be, because of hackers and, and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we also get to play with the points and what could be better than that? Yes. Double dippy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if, if you were to really sit back, if someone was to ask you what your, what your top networking tip would be, sitting back, really thinking about it, what would your answer be? Think of how you can give to the other person first. Build relationships, build friendships, and think and ask them, what can I do for you? Hmm. Yeah. That reciprocity will come back around they'll appreciate it. And then they'll want, they'll want to get to know you and what you do and how you could, they can help you as back. Yeah. You know, I, um, owning, owning several networking franchises in, in multiple territories, you know, I, I, I see the same behavior play out in multiple territories and that's 
people who come in, spray and pray, show up and throw up. You know, they, they, they net sell, they net vomit, they net chat, they net socialize. They do everything but net connect and network. And then when COVID happened, I watched this huge tidal wave hit social media with the same thing. You know, I probably get easily a hundred spams a day in each one of my social media channels, wow. easily. And, you know, it's always this bait and switch. Hey, you look like somebody that I like connecting with like-minded people. You look somebody like, like somebody that, that I like to connect with. Oh, you need this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my response is always, thanks for reaching out. I'm really curious. What about me and my profile made you think that I would either need one or be interested in that? And I never hear back from them. It's interesting. <laughs> Fair question to ask. I think it's an excellent question, especially if they really did see something. It's not yeah. just a blasted out. You know, the uh, ABC, always be closing. Yep. I like to shift that to always be connecting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's important. Um, so many, so many show up and, and, and we're starting to see it now that a lot of the handouts are going away people are starting to come back out and networking and they're, they're, they're looking for the hit and run. You know, what's your credit card? What's your credit card? What's your credit card? Instead of, hi, what's your name? You know, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm seeing it a lot. And if there's any advice and look, I've built two seven-figure businesses and multiple six-figure businesses, 100% from word of mouth marketing. Nicole has built millions of dollars assets under management yes as well as well as hundreds of thousands of dollars uh in business and and, and i'm going to tell you the most important thing is show up as a person show up as a human in service of another human be yourself connect with people this isn't a transactional ordeal this isn't a transactional relationship. It's not a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It doesn't happen in long-term, it doesn't help or happen in long-term relationships. And it's not gonna happen or help in your professional relationships. Show up, be there for the other people and be present for the other people. And know that this is a marketing strategy. It's not the marketing strategy. It is a marketing strategy. And you should be deploying eight to 13 marketing strategies simultaneously in your business in order to be successful. So I'm off my pulpit because it's not Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I was sad, you know, show up in an alignment and congruity. Yes. To, you know, have the integrity to be sincere to be yeah. open and vulnerable. Yeah, you know, Mary Lou and I were doing a podcast a few months ago and, and you know, I, all, all I said was show up at a networking event like a cat. Don't be a cat, show up like a cat. Be congruent, authentic and transparent. Cats, cats, cats are so congruent with who they are. They either wanna be with you or they don't. They are so authentic to themselves. They don't show up like a dog or a lizard <laughs> or a crocodile or a snake. They don't even show up as a human. They show up as a cat. Yeah. And they're very, very transparent. What you see is what you get. And that's, and that's how people are going to connect with you. Mm -hmm. And be more interested in them than how they can help you. Absolutely. Yeah. People feel that. Absolutely. What's your um, top sales tip? Because you are, you are a really good salesperson for never selling. <laughs> Thank you. I don't see myself as a salesperson. I see myself as an educator. Educate and teach and uplift and empower people first. Mm -hmm. I think if people have good education, they'll make great choices. Mm -hmm. So just showing up in that space first and then guiding people through what might be some good fits or what are some options and letting them choose. Always giving people choices of what is the best fit yeah. for them. 
Yeah, so I have a two part question for you. And, and the, the first part is, is what advice can you give someone who's, who's just starting out? We're starting over. I, what I would have done differently is get out of my own way. Hmm. I spent too much time in analysis paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> is this the right thing? Is it good? What are all the details? What are how, you know, if, instead of buying a watch, would open it up and, and look at all the cogs and how it works, right? Mm -hmm. So I would have gotten out of my own way, listened to my mentors and gotten in front of more people faster. Gotcha. So then the second part of that is, you know, I know that in the business that you're in, it, it's structured as uh, direct sales to where, to where you're building a team to support a team. And, you know, there are direct sales companies out there that, 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 that focus very specifically on, on leveraging team and, and they have other products and services. You know, the, there's no right or wrong way to build a business. However, I do know that being in direct sales, it's one of the easiest ways to start a business because you back a product or a service or solution that you're passionate about, that you believe in, and then you take a system and you replicate it and duplicate it and then build a team to do the same. However, it's one of the industries to where there's this false belief that when you buy into it, that's all you have to do. Mm. Sign a contract and why am I not successful now? You have truly built success, truly built stability. You are, you are the anomaly. You are the unicorn in the industry that, that has really achieved with what most strive for and dream for how how do people do that what what advice can you give them because i really want them to hear it you know i had um rosalie on uh, rosalie dirk about i don't know maybe 10 months ago and she's got a downline in uh in an essential oils company of mm -hmm. i think four thousand, right yeah. and and I posed her the, the same question. So, so how? So uh, direct sales can be a great place to start. A lot of direct sales companies give the, the million dollar dream and the, a lot of BS to be mm -hmm. quite honest mm -hmm. and not say that it has to work. We're a little bit more like a brokerage. Think about a real estate broker yep. who has the big building. And then you have a broker agents that can build a small brokerage underneath that. We operate more like that. However, a lot of things we do absolutely relate to one of the same as direct sales. And you have to show up. You have to treat your business like a business. It's not, you, know, you can be part-time, but it's not sometimes. You have to have consistency, set a schedule, set your work hours, set. We have what we call a minimum standard of performance. So what is that? Is that five phone calls a day that you're going to make? What is the criteria that you need to reach your goals? and um, getting the support, but putting in the work. People, it's amazing. Sometimes we'll interview or come on board with this. And then when they realize, oh, you have to actually work and go <laughs> find people to talk to, they disappear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The good thing is they self-filter themselves out. Mm -hmm. I think so many, so many raise their hand to, to be in business, whether it's start your own business, whether you're selling a commodity or a product or a service or solution, or whether it's representing someone else's product, service, and solution as an independent contractor or in direct sales, or, or even realtors and financial services and mortgage lenders who create that brokerage and build a team under them. No matter what, it requires work. Yeah. And, and, and I, it, 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 astounds me as to how people can start something for themselves, whether it's a passion or a purpose or a desire or a need or a want, they start something. And then 
they forget to show up for it. Mm -hmm. And then they're surprised that it doesn't work and then they blame everything else. And you know, the, the easiest metaphoric way that I can explain it is if you showed up at a job the same way you showed up for your business, how long would you stay employed? Yes. And people look at me like I have five heads and they're like, well, I would never do that for a job. And I'm like, so then why would you do that for your dreams? And why would you do that to yourself? Right. I mean, you know, it, I, I jokingly have said multiple times during, during podcasts that we have the best boss and the worst boss. <laughs> we have the best boss because when we need a day off, we give it to ourselves. We have the worst boss because when we need a day off, we give it to ourselves. <laughs> So, so what does it take, seriously take, to build what you have built? I really think our listeners need to hear that because it goes across the board. It doesn't matter what you're building. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of persistence, absolute consistency, and a whole lot of patience. Patience with other people, patience with yourself. Yeah. And to give yourself of time and grace you know I think a lot of times when people don't show up for themselves don't show up for their dreams or they they fail to step up back to persistency and patience yeah yeah, yeah you know I think that I think that, that that people forget to love themselves through their growth and I think that people beat themselves up and beat themselves down for their, their failures, when all failures are, are an opportunity to learn, grow, evolve, and move forward. It's just giving us new skill sets and tools and information and neurology to do something about it. However, when you, when you neglect to grab that information, history repeats itself. People need to have patience with themselves and not only with other people, but with time. I think when people show up and raise their hand and they fail to show up for themselves or for their dreams, it's because they expected something to happen super quick. Some get rich quick, or it's going to be an overnight success when in the reality is it takes time. Yeah. You know, we, we've heard when, when we go to events or when we watch, uh, you know, speakers or trainers or, or, or read books, people hear the zero to hero story. Mm -hmm. They hear the, the outhouse to penthouse or when direct sales companies do the award ceremonies or the jacket ceremonies or the millionaire march or whatever they call it. You know, people hear that three minute speech and what they don't hear is the 10 years in between it. Mm -hmm you know, the trials, the, the, the tribulations, the failures, the risks, the long hours, the devotion, the tenacity, the, the sacrifice, you know? How I many mean, times that person wanted to quit along the way and didn't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, remember, I, I remember experiencing the, the ultimate for me, and that was having to file bankruptcy, you know? And, and just thinking I've ruined my family's life and how do I recover from here? And, mm -hmm. and recovering became easy because I quickly learned what never to do again. I quickly <laughs> learned what worked and what didn't work. I quickly learned you know, what, what needed to be pivoted, what needed to be done differently. And while all my friends were at the beach and at the bar and doing happy hours, you know, I was networking three, four times a day. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was meeting with people, getting to know people. I worked from sunup to sundown. I still do. You know, on Mondays when I coach, I get up at four in the morning. You know, I do clients from five o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon. I do them back to back and people go, how do you do that? And I'm like, how do you not? <laughs> I love what I do. How can I not work with people who, who want to shift and make a difference, uh -huh. right? Yes. And when you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like you're working. Mm -mm. No. So, you know, one of the reasons why I asked you about people just starting over is because I think it was 
right, right before, right during the pandemic, you moved. I did. You moved from, from a place that I'm going to lovingly say you kind of owned the town because you knew everybody. And you moved and started, I'm not going to say you started over, right? <laughs> because, because you went where nobody knew you. And not only did nobody know you, they really didn't know your company either, mm -hmm. right? Yes. How was that? A uh, little culture shock to oh. begin with. So mm -hmm. I figured, so we've been on Zoom for seven years, six years before, six and a half years before the pandemic started. And people were resistant to showing up or you can't do business online, this won't work. We heard a lot of until the pandemic hit. And then <laughs> I was teaching classes on how to use Zoom in networking groups. <laughs> like this is how you do it. And so the silver lining of that piece of it was, people started showing up where we had been inviting them to show up mm -hmm. and to be able to work remotely. Mm -hmm. And so being on Zoom for a year, I thought we can do this. We can move. We're all online anyway. <laughs> We're still networking from our home offices, from a computer somewhere in the world. I can do that. And I'm still connected. I still have networking groups that I participate with and have relationships in San Diego. Mm -hmm. uh, however, the culture shock part for me was the lack of networking up here in the Pacific Northwest. It's getting better, uh, but it was hard to find, like, where are people showing up? A lot of people had just given up and didn't step yep. up and show up for their business. Yep. So it, it's a slower process, finding those spaces. I've, I've got some really good relationships built over the last six months to a year and finding some really good good spaces to nice. find people. Nice, that's awesome. So what what inspires you what what really drives you i love the the light bulb moment seeing when somebody understands somebody had no education about money or about the money mindset like a money mantra and how you view and what choices you make and how you see money in the world i love teaching especially women about the money mindset and just seeing those light bulb moments and knowing that we're changing the lack of education and money habits for generations to come. Mm -hmm. So we're not only doing the wine woman of wealth where women can show up and have a vulnerable conversation about the mindset of money, of the money 101, the nuts and bolts for everyone, but uh, we have a workshop money, mommy and me, and that's for daddies too. It's not meant to be not co-ed. Mm -hmm. We teach the adults how to teach their kids about money, how to create great habits from preschool on up. Mm -hmm. And that seeing that we're changing generations is just exciting and fun. Nice. So how, how has failure contributed to, to your success? Because, because I know you've had some ups and downs. Mm -hmm. That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> At our national training camp, we get invited to speak on stage, top, top 20, top 25 or so. The first time I was invited, I called that my second, third year because I had grown. I mean, personal development first. You mm -hmm. cannot just grow your income without growing your personal development first. Otherwise, your income will just sink write that mm -hmm. down so that was the biggest key I had done that and about three years in starting to go through a divorce and having something blow up a virtual assistant everything just kind of spiraled and I felt like you know rolled the, the rock to the top of the hill and it pushed me down and rolled over me all the way down <laughs> to to re rebuild I'm going from not being able to pay my mortgage to three years later um making six figure income and going on all these fun trips that were paid for, for me. Mm -hmm. But seeing the loss, like it didn't come easy. However, having it taken away really motivating. Like, I don't want to go back there. I like it over here much better. So <laughs> I like, get up on my feet and rebuild and go super lightning speed this time. <laughs> nice. nice, I like that. So, so what was your 
biggest win? What was your biggest sale connection from networking? I really want people to understand the the power of word of mouth marketing and connecting. Um, one of the earliest was a repeat. I helped one of the networking partners with her little account, $100 a month. Mm-hmm. And about a year later, she put me in front of her husband. And so we rolled over and gave me like $100,000. And when we did their annual review a year later, he's like, so, you know, I, I like that what you said happened, happened. I can see the value and, and built trust and rolled over another 200000 so those are not biggest sales, but cumulatively, that happens quite often where people don't open up everything until they see and build the trust and build that relationship. Mm-hmm. I think my largest commission from networking is probably a $35,000 check. Nice. And nice. that was a referral from a networking partner mm. that had gotten to know me over a few years. Yeah. And I want you guys to hear that. She said over a few years. Not when you shake their hand, not when you say hello, not because you showed up for a half hour, not because you filled out an application, because you invested in the relationship for a few years. That's the difference that makes the difference. These people that come and go, they don't experience the longevity. These these people that show up, throw up, spray and pray and leave, they don't experience the success that that networking and word of mouth marketing really offers when you really dig in when you really invest the rewards are significant so nicole welcome to the signature question of the show and that is what is selling without selling mean to you i think going back to building the relationships I'm, I'm not here to, to sell a product or an item or a service. I'm here to help people with their future. I mean, that's a, not a small thing to talk about your retirement future. Like, it's a big deal. Yeah. And so to be there in support and to educate and share without any judgment. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people are afraid they're going to be judged about their money wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And to provide that safe space for them to open up and build that that safety net for them. Absolutely. You know, it's it's about you trusting yourself, you trusting your mindset, your communication skills, your worthiness, your knowledge, you being able to show up in a space of service as opposed to a need. Mm-hmm. And, and really take care of someone else, which then allows you ultimately to take care of yourself. However, that's never the leading factor. Exactly. Mm. So welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success <laughs> is the clues. And I like to ask a question or two to my expert guests so that our listeners can go, oh, well, I like that. And then apply to self if, if, if applicable for them. So I'm going to ask you two questions. First one, what's your favorite word and why? Mm. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. One word out of the gazillion that are in the world. <laughs> oh, man. I think integrity. Mm. I think it, it takes a lot to, to show up. And, you know, integrity is not only what you do when people are watching, but when people are not watching mm-hmm. and showing up in service and in that space to help others. Yeah. Yeah. My last one, my last one is, and I love asking this question. Does that mean I'm going to hate it? <laughs> no, no. And I'll explain why I love asking this question in a minute. What, what's your favorite book and why? Oh, I am going to hate that question because I've got 
tons. <laughs> I love asking this question to people I know that read thousands of books because they're like, well, wait, well, I like this one and I like this one. And I like, whenever I get asked that question, I can never answer it because like yeah. 5,000 titles come to mind. And so pick, pick one. <laughs> pick one. Oh my goodness. Can I pick one that I wrote a chapter in? <laughs> sure, go for it. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Now, I think um, the compound effect is awesome. Mm-hmm. The entrepreneurial roller coaster, Darren mm-hmm. Hardy, I love. Um, there's so many. Like, I, you, if you want to connect with me, we can talk about books all day long. I got four page list of things I've already read. <laughs> of course, you know, I'm going to say Wine, Women, and Wealth because yes. this is. Um, different leaders within our company that have been hosting Wine and Wealth, the leading teams, all wrote one chapter of an experience with a client, and I got to share a story of one of my dear friends. Now I was able to bring her peace of mind. Nice. That's phenomenal. Thank you for sharing that. So, Nicole, it's been phenomenal talking with you today. I, I so appreciate you coming on the show. Before we head out, what would be the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you, to find you? My website would be a great space to go, livingbenefitsexperts.com mm-hmm. slash Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E. All my contact information is there. There's a space where if you want a, a book on living benefits, I'll mail it to you, just fill out the information there and I'll mail it to you. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. Nicole, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much. I know what your schedule's like. Your success is important to me and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.